Good morning, church. It's great to be here with you today. All right, so I want to ask you this question. Have you ever had somebody in your life that has meant so so much to you and then they, they've passed away and so they're no longer present with you? Um, for me, that was my grandma. I, she was my best friend. I couldn't wait to go stay the night with her, to bake with her, to learn and to grow and to be with her for every second that I got. So I remember the day that she passed away, I was babysitting, and the, the moment that she passed, this little girl came up to me that I was babysitting, just put both hands on the side of my cheek and just looked at me. And it was the spirit saying, it's going to be okay. And I knew at that moment that she had passed, but nobody called me. Nobody got a hold of me. So here I am babysitting this two-year-old, knowing my grandma passed, but not having anybody there with me. Um, My pastor picked me up, and as he was driving me home, he told me what had happened. Um, I got home, and I took care of everyone else. And then I went, and I bawled, because I lost the one person that meant the world to me. Um, and you can even ask John into my marriage when, when Rosemary was born. Um, I was heartbroken that my kid was never going to meet my grandma. And he reminded me, well, she may not meet her, but what can you do? How can you be your grandma to your girls, um, or to your daughter? Um, and, and so that's kind of been the way that I've been able to, to teach my girls is to be my grandma. Um, but I imagine that feeling of loss is what the, feel, the disciples must have felt. And then that feeling of hope again, just like when my husband said, well, you can be your, gra- or be your grandma to the girls. Um, he didn't say it exactly like that, but something similar. Um, is the hope that I imagine they had when Jesus had returned and was physically present. Um, today's scripture reading comes from John 14, chapter 15 through 21. Uh, if you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live in you, you will also live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Please pray with me. Christ, today we come to you a people who love you and are drawn into a relationship with you. We ask you to fill us with your spirit again today, and out of our love for you, may we listen and follow your commands. In your name, amen. So I mentioned briefly earlier about the sense of hopelessness that the disciples felt. Um, Imagine being there, and your best friend had died. You watched him die. You knew he's dead, right? And in who we are as humans, we know that death is final, right? But he's been promising he's going to come back, but death is final. So is he going to be there? He was gone. Their comfort, their friend, their lifeline was gone. But will he come back? Will they see him again? 
And, and so I can only imagine this longing, this battle, this sadness that the disciples must have been feeling on that Saturday. And then with the resurrection was the fulfillment of that process or that promise that Jesus gave. I'm going to be with you again. I'm here. I'm with you. Look, here's the nails in my hand. Here's the, the scar in my side, the nails in my feet. It is I, your friend, your comforter, right? And so now he is walking with the disciples each day and loving them each day and teaching them again each day. He was back. Imagine being there and being back with Jesus, being back with the person you loved the most in the world, okay? And then now Jesus flips the script again. See, they were comfortable, and now he's saying, I'm going to leave you again, by the way, but don't worry, you're not going to be alone. Imagine the dread and the hope. My loved one was here, they are gone, he's here again. Wait, you're going to leave me again? I, I would be afraid again, because what if I never, what if this is it? What, is the, what if this is my last moment with Jesus, my last moment with my friend. See, they had already experienced the loss of their friend. They had already experienced the discomfort of losing their friend. Fear and anxiety after his death were there and that he would be leaving them again. Like, I don't know if I would be able to mentally handle that. Like, I just don't know, right? But Jesus recognized this anxiety and this fear that was presenting itself within the disciples. Um, and, and I fully believe that this is why Jesus says, I will be sending you somebody. He assures them that they are no, that he's physically not going to be there anymore, but he would still be with them, not in body, but through the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit would come and make a dwelling in them. So what would that look like for the disciples? Well, that looks like the spirit of truth revealing, or the spirit revealing the truth about God. The spirit representing Jesus to the world that is around them. The spirit revealing God's nature to the disciples. Um, the spirit offer, operating within worship, so worshiping along with the disciples and sanctifying the disciples. Um, the spirit is the way for God or as the Spirit reveals God for humanity in the world. And that's what he was telling the disciples. I give you these things. When I, when I physically am not with you, my Spirit will be with you. And as my Spirit is with you, this is what you will be receiving. What Jesus is offering isn't a security blanket. We all have those, right? I had mine. My parents took mine away from me. I'm still a little bitter about that, right? But we... It, what Jesus is offering isn't that kind of thing. Jesus is offering something that gives them a new light into the world. Jesus isn't just saying, I'm going to be right here with you. Jesus is saying, I'm going to be in you and with you and reveal to you my work at, in the world. And a new participation into the world. You see, because with Jesus, it's not just the spirit living with us, in us, it's the spirit living with us. And so he is saying, I'm giving you a new way to participate in the world, a way that offers, uh, or that followers of God have never been able to do. 
And now, instead of being obedient to God or obeying God out of, well, I have to do it or else I'm going to die, it's an obedience that says, because I love you, I'm going to do what you ask me to do. And because I'm going to do what you ask me to do, I'm going to love you more. Um, so they're, they're offered a deeper level of relationship with God because God is physically with them. And, to, and, and the Holy Spirit is revealing to them how to love God. And to love is to keep God's commands, and to keep God's commands is to love God. As the disciples were obedient to Jesus, the world would see Jesus at work. So how does Jesus get to be revealed to the world? How is physically, Jesus physically present with the world, or in the world? Through us. That's how the world sees Jesus. And when the world sees Jesus through the disciples, they can enter into that relationship with Jesus, or they can choose not to see Jesus. When we see Jesus, we have a choice. Are we going to follow or walk away? Um, a few weeks ago, Pastor Tanner talked about being the living hope as Jesus is the gatekeeper for the sheep. Um, the sheep know the shepherd's voice and the shepherd listens, or the sheep listen to it. They don't know the stranger's voice and so they're not going to listen to the stranger. So I taught my kids the same lesson and I asked them a question. I said, if a stranger were to walk in here and ask you to the zoo, what would you say? How many of you would go? And they're like, no. <laughs> well, why? Because I don't know the stranger. I don't trust the stranger. And then I asked if they would go with me, and they're like, well, only with my parents' permission. Well, why? Because I know you and I trust you, but I would still have to make sure it's okay with the person that takes care of me. I'm like, okay, well then, would you go with your parents? And they're like, yes, and they were really excited to go to the zoo with their parents, and I said, why? And they said, because I know my parents, I love my parents, and I know that they're going to take care of me. Um... You see, they knew that they were safe with the people that brought them the most comfort in the world. We like our comforts. I like my comforts. I love ice cream. I love coffee. I love soft blankets, right? We all love our comforts. Um, and, and we like to think that if I just participate in this little bit of comfort, that will be satisfactory, right? I, can, I, I want my little morsel of chocolate now. Well, then next time my little morsel of chocolate turns into a whole Hershey's bar that turns into a king-size bar that turns, right? So our, our little bit of comforts causes us to desire that comfort more and more and more and more. And, and, and our comfort is never satisfying enough. The more we allow ourselves comforts, the harder it is to leave those comforts behind us even if giving up our comforts is for our own good. Um, that's a hard one to say because I don't like to give up my comforts. Um, but the world tells us to pursue these comforts because these comforts, they will make us feel good. They will make us happy. And what do we want in life? We want to be happy. We want to have that feel good all the time. And so it's okay. Because you know what? You do you. How many phrase, times have we heard that phrase? You do you. You do whatever makes you feel good. You do whatever makes you happy. 
But when we do you, when we do ourselves, we're looking out for who? Ourselves. We're looking out for what makes me feel good. And often that comes to the, or brings harm to relationships with others or even just brings harm to others in general. And so letting go of the comfortable things that bring us comfort can get real uncomfortable real quick, especially when it's something we really, really like. Um, to let go of things that make us uncomfortable, or make, let go of the comfortable things that can make us uncomfortable because it means that we have to do life without that which makes us comfortable. And we don't like to be uncomfortable. But what if the very stop or thing that's stopping you from living freely with Christ is the, th- the comforts that you're seeking? Consuming our own comfort leads us to looking out for only our own ones. It puts ourselves at the center of the world instead of Christ at the center of our world. With Christ at the center, without Christ at the center of our world, we fail, we flail, we flop. But, hang on. When we see Christ, we live a life with the Spirit. So it's not just like seeing Christ is enough, right? When we see Christ, when we pursue Christ, then we live life with the Spirit. Our story is a new kind of story. Each of us here has seen or desires to see Christ. I don't think you'd be here if you hadn't. Uh, Again, I'm not talking about the flesh and blood Jesus because... We know he is resurrected. We know the flesh and blood Jesus has, is, is in heaven. I also mentioned that we see the flesh and blood Jesus by how others that follow Christ interact with the world that is around them. So for my daycare kids, how do they see Christ? They see Christ in my actions. For you, how does the world around you see Christ? It's through our actions. All right, we, we see, sorry, we have seen that the life that he offers others. We have seen the freedom that Jesus offers. We have seen the joy that Jesus brings. We have seen the healing that has taken place in our lives and in the lives of others. We see Jesus. We recognize our risen king. And that is why we're here worshiping in this place together. There's so much more to life than being a witness to the work that Christ has done, though. There is more than knowing that we are free from our sins. There is more than just knowing and gathering to worship him. There's something missing when we only know and only gather. Before Jesus left, he promised that they would never be alone. He didn't say that he would physically be with them, but that he was sending the spirit to dwell with them daily. The spirit dwelling with them is the same spirit dwelling with us and in us. Um, The something more that we are missing outside of just gathering, outside of saying I follow Jesus, the something more that we're missing is the Holy Spirit walking with us daily. Um, With the spirit with us, we will never be alone. 
the spirit with us, we will never have to fight our battles alone. We will never have to face our temptations alone. With the spirit in us and with us, we offer Christ to the world that is around us. If you ever wonder what the true spirit of God, or what, if you ever wonder who God is, the spirit of God reveals the truth about God to us. So if you ever wonder what Jesus looks like, the spirit is the representation about Jesus and his identity. That's why we can see God at work in ways that we never thought we'd see. If you ever wonder about God's nature, the spirit will reveal that nature of God. If you ever wonder about, um, sorry, nope. The spirit prompts us to raise our hands. So um, there was a guy who um, was a big major drug dealer. Um, I can't remember his name, but um, big, big drug dealer. And um, his wife really wanted to go to church one day, this big gathering. And so when they went to this gathering, he was standing in the back, real smug, leaning against the wall, just waiting for her to be done, right? And he was not about this Christian life. Why would, why would he be if he's in that lifestyle, right? And um, he felt something saying, worship me. And he's like, nope, not going to do it. And raise your hands and worship me. No, I'm not going to do it. Raise your hands and worship me. And he said that without, or with um, restraint, because he was pushing back, his hands went in the air and he began worshiping Jesus. That wasn't the work of man. Man was resisting, right? That was the work of the spirit within him and with him worshiping the Lord. You see, the Holy Spirit with us brings us the spirit of worship to God. Um, the spirit purifies us, corrects us, and guides us along our path. So those hard lessons we don't want to learn, but we've learned anyway, is the spirit with us saying, hey, that, that was a problem. Let's fix that. Not you fix it. Let's fix that together, you and I. Um, the Spirit comforts us when we mourn. The Spirit helps us, especially when we think that we can't do it any longer. The Spirit directs people to Jesus and to the redemptive work that was done on the cross. The Spirit reveals God for all of humanity in the world, meaning that even people that don't follow Jesus can see the Spirit at work. But again, how, does, how do we see the Spirit at work? in the lives of the people that follow God. The Spirit reveals God for all of humanity in the world. The Spirit is Christ with us daily in our comings and in our goings. Earlier I talked about how when we seek our comforts, they only satisfy us for a moment. And then we want more, and then we want more, until that's all we can think about. But what if we allow the Holy Spirit to become our comfort? Instead of the, the comforts of the world, what if we say, okay, Holy Spirit, right now I want more of you. Um, we see that some in the practice of Lent, right? We give up the thing that we want so that we can pursue the Spirit. And the more that we pursue that thing, the more we want it. So the more we pursue the Spirit, 
the more we seek the Spirit. So what if we allowed the Holy Spirit to be our comfort? What if instead of celebrating with a good cup of coffee, we celebrate our victories with with the Holy Spirit with us? What if instead of um, drowning in a vat of of cookie dough, when we're upset, we wallow with the Spirit? What if we are, instead of being, or when we're angry, what if instead of pounding our feet as we run or our fist into the punching bag, we run with Jesus? We walk with the Spirit. What if we begin craving the Spirit in ways that we crave our comforts? Or what if we begin replacing our comforts with the Spirit? Think about that for a minute. What would that do to your life? If instead of, for me, instead of drinking the fourth cup of coffee, I say, I'm going to go pray for a minute. Um, Here's what happens. When we crave the spirit, we will seek God until we are satisfied. Once satisfied, our appetites will grow and we'll crave the spirit more. And then once our spirit grows, or once we get to that, we will crave the spirit more as our appetites grow. And it just keeps on going until our comforts no longer be the com- become the comforts of the world. Our comforts come from Christ. Our comforts come from life with the spirit. Living with the Holy Spirit may be uncomfortable because it means giving up the things that bring us comfort. But it's a much greater kind of joy. So this brings us to the rest of our passage. I know I heavily leaned into the comfort side of things, but the passage isn't over there. As we do life with the Spirit, we fall more in love with the Spirit. As a result of our love for God, we act out in obedience. Um, Parents... When you ask your kids to do something and they don't do it, it's frustrating. But when your kids do it and they do it freely, it brings great joy, right? And so then the more that they do that thing, the more joy that is brought. And, and the cycle continues. Well, it's the same with Christ. And it's not the fear of punishment. I act out, or we act out of obedience to God, out of love for him. Even if it means I want to dig in my heels and go run in the other direction. My love for Jesus says I'm obedient in the walk, right? And the more we walk obediently, the more we love God. And the more we love God, the more we walk obediently. And the more we walk obediently, the more we love God. And the cycle just keeps going, And the more we do that, the more we follow his commands. And Jesus gives us two commands. Command one, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That is the love component of following his commands, right? It means that I am going to love God with my thoughts, with my words, with my deeds. I'm going to love God with how I treat others, right? I love God with the entirety of who I am. And as we love God with the entirety, we will follow his commands to love him. And as we follow his commands to love him, we love him more. Okay, the next part, the second one, the second big command is to love your neighbor as yourself. Now, 
I often get stuck in this, well, what does it mean to love yourself? Because we're told not to be selfish, right? But the Holy Spirit kind of did something in me with this passage and reworked some things. It's crazy how he does that. So what are some basic ways that we show love to ourselves? Well, when you're hungry, you eat. When you're thirsty, you drink. When you're, um, when you're tired, you, you sleep, right? You go home to a house. You go home to a bed. You wake up the next day and you put on a fresh pair of clothing. So you clothe yourself. You offer shelter to yourself, right? Doesn't this sound like what Jesus was telling the disciples that he needed, they needed to do for the world? And so when we say to love our neighbor as ourself, it's really simple. How do I love myself? What do I do in my daily routine to take care of myself? And when we do that, when we are taking care of ourselves, we're following that command of love. And the more we love ourselves, the more we love God. The more we love God, the more we'll love ourselves. And then it continues, but it's not just done there. Because it doesn't say just love yourself. It, loves, it says love your neighbor as yourself, right? And so now as we love ourselves, we see how God wants us to love the world. God wants us to feed the hungry. He wants us to offer refreshment to those that need refreshment. He wants us to offer rest to the weary. He wants us to offer shelter to the shelterless. He wants us to clothe those that don't have clothes, And when we do that, we fall more in love with God. And the more we fall in love with God, the more we're going to want to do that. And the cycle continues. And this is what it's saying. When I am with you, it's not just saying I am in you. It's not a journey of having your heart inside of you. Right? I am with you. I'm walking with you. I am helping you serve the poor. I am helping you serve the hungry. I am helping you raise your hands and worship to God. That is what the Spirit does when we live life with the Spirit. And this is, too, then, how we get our living hope. Because we're not alone in this world. We're not just trying to survive The Spirit is with us. Even in our moments of loneliness, the Spirit is with us. The Spirit is in us. And the Spirit is going to help us to love God more. And the Spirit is going to help us to obey God more. And then the Spirit is going to help us to love God more. I hope you're hearing those two things a lot today, because I'm saying them a lot. But I hope that you're hearing and knowing and understanding that to love God is to obey his commands, and to obey his commands is to love him, and we do this by the Spirit living with us, and that is our living hope. And that we live out Christ to the rest of the world because we live out love and obedience to God every single day because the Holy Spirit is with us. I don't know if any of that makes sense to you, church, but I hope today that you understand that to love God is to obey, and to obey is to love even when it's uncomfortable. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, may we seek you today. 
May we see you as our source of comfort. May we know that you are with us each day. May we journey with you more and more in love towards God every day. May we journey with you more and more as we obey and we follow your commands, God. May we walk with you, grow with you, love with you, and obey with you. And as we go with you, may the world see you, the living hope. We pray this in your name. Amen.